gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome to My Two Cents Podcast, episode 70, which is entitled Grievances. I am your host, G2, and today is Sunday, April 17th, Easter. And before I get into the topics today, let me read you off the National Food Days of the Week today, April 17th. It is World Malbec Day, which is wine. That's all I got for you for that. And also Cheese Ball Day. On Monday, April 18th, it is Animal Crackers Day. April 19th, Rice Ball Day. April 20th, it is Pineapple Upside Down Cake. April 21st is Chocolate Covered Cashews Day. April 22nd, Jelly Bean Day. April 23rd is Picnic Day and also Cherry Cheesecake Day. Now, I want to give some bereavements out. I was late on this. I did not cover this last Sunday, but I want to give a rest in peace to Dwayne Haskins. He was a Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback. He was 24 when last Saturday he was struck by a dump truck on Saturday morning when he was crossing a high highway on foot in South Florida. Um, he left behind a wife. 24 is still way too young. He was younger than me and he uh, passed away, man. I want to wish his family the best because they lost a son. A, a wife lost a husband. Um, it's just weird. Again, I wish that that wouldn't have happened, but it is. And now the family has to deal with it. So again, uh, rest in peace to Dwayne Haskins and uh, love and light and well wishes to his family. Another person that passed away uh, was a bodybuilder named Cedric McMillan. Uh, He died at the age of 44 after heart complications caused by COVID-19 and a road accident that happened in 2020 when he had a a serious bicycle crash. And at the time he had uh, health problems and also he was dealing with COVID around that time too. So he was just plagued from since then. But if you see the photos of him, he looks like your typical bodybuilder guy, big jacked up dude. And I don't know if I'm not trying to say anything bad about it, but if you're in the bodybuilder community, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Steroids and that stuff that still does affect your hearts a little bit. I'm not sure the bodybuilding community still deals with that. But if you see him, you can tell, like, all right, come on. So that could have played into the situation, too. But again, I'm not going to say that. That's just all speculative here. What they have been reporting is that his heart complication was caused by COVID-19 and also the road accident that he had. So again, uh, rest in peace to a Cedric McMillan. And finally, we lost Gilbert Godfrey, actor, comedian, uh, Screechy voice guy. I mean, he was 67. I know Gilbert Godfrey more for playing Asiago from Aladdin and being the Affleck uh, voice actor for Affleck whenever they first came out, whenever they started doing the commercials. And also, he I know him because he was like the principal for uh, Problem Child. And you can just... Set, Gilbert Godfrey set himself apart because he looked like the guy that if you heard him, he didn't look like the voice matched the body. But as soon as he started making the face with the voice, you're like, okay, yeah, that matches. That 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 coincides with each other. But again, um, he died because he has a rare uh, genetic muscle disease 
that can trigger off dangerous abnormal heartbeats. And he's been dealing with that for a long time. So it just caught up to him. He was 67 when he passed away. So rest in peace to Gilbert Godfrey. If I'm missing anybody else in that lane, I am sorry. I It's just not coming to me. But rest in peace to those three men. And continuing with the topics here. And this is coming from the Charlotte Observer. As it reads, 17-year-old was killed by a Tennessee cop in school bathroom. Now his mom is suing. As the article reads, the mother of a 17-year-old student who was killed by police in the bathroom of his Tennessee high school last year has filed a civil rights lawsuit against the city and county officials. Anthony Thompson Jr. had a gun in his pocket that he had reportedly carried out of fear for his safety when he was shot by officers with the Knoxville Police Department at Austin East Magnet High School on April 12, 2021. If school administrators and the responding officers had a followed procedure, his mother said her son might still be alive. Sandra Robinson, Anthony's mother, and a speech therapist who works for Knox County Schools, along with Galen Strong, his best friend who reportedly witnessed his death, filed suit in the Eastern District of Tennessee on Monday, April the 11th. The complaints names the city of Knoxville County, well, Knoxville Knox County, the Knox County uh, Board of Education and the Knoxville police officers involved as defendants. They included Brian Baldwin, Stanley Cash, Jonathan Claiborne, and Adam Wilson. Lawyers representing Robertson and Galen did not immediately respond to the news request for uh, comment. A school district spokesperson declined to comment. The city of Knoxville also declined Declined to comment depending on the litigation. The article will break down how Anthony Thompson was shot. It mentions how he was dating another student, according to the lawsuit, but the relationship was sometimes uh, turbulent. On the day he died, the couple reportedly had an argument after which his girlfriend went home and Anthony stayed at the school but didn't go to his classes. The complaint states his girlfriend's mom reportedly called the police just before 2 p.m. and said Anthony had a gun and had threatened her daughter. When police arrived at the high school, his mother's lawyers said Anthony and his best friend were sitting in bathroom stalls on their phone. According to the complaint, the reporting, the responding officers bypassed the principal and went straight to the school resource officer. Together, the officers confronted Anthony in the bathroom when they reportedly asked him to stand up and remove his hands from his hoodie pocket. Anthony took a step forward, removed one hand, and kept the other in his pocket. The all lawyer said, at which point one of the officers grabbed his free arm. A struggle ensued with both with two of the officers reaching into Anthony's pocket at the same time while he said, wait, 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 wait. According to the lawsuit, the gun is in his pocket, then went off. Four seconds passed between Anthony's gunfiring and one of the officers reportedly shooting him. Attorney said Anthony was removing his other hand from his pocket when the fatal shot rang out. One of the officers was also accused of firing a second shot that hit the school resource officer who has since recovered after surgery while the school resource officers climbed on top of Anthony to handcuff him. Galen came out of the neighboring stall with his hand up. That was the friend of Anthony. The lawsuit states, lawyers say Galen was instructed to get on the ground where he was placed in handcuffs as he reportedly begged the officers to help Anthony. That's my brother. Forget me, help my brother, Galen said, according to the complaint. Please help him. Please, please, please. What y'all doing? Galen was not suspected of committing any crime, the, authority, the attorney said, and no first aid was rendered to Anthony in the meanwhile meantime. Yo, you mean to tell me there was no 
first aid to him. You guys couldn't try to do nothing. Anyway, you know what it is. We're going to have to deal with this. We're going to have to see. They're going to try to say, why did he have a gun in his hands? Why did he have a gun in his pocket? That's what this whole thing's basically going to lead down to. People are going to try to figure out why did he have a gun in his hand? And why this and that? And now people are going to try to hate on the girlfriend's mother for calling into the schoolhouse for saying that, uh, why did why did he have a gun? That the boyfriend had a gun in his pocket that he threatened his daughter. Once people hear that, people are like, okay, you were scared for your daughter, but then when we all hear about what happened after the fact, people are going to try to throw some hate onto the mother for that. So I hope the mother expects that the girlfriend of the boy that got shot, her mother, I hope that she expects that because trust me, this is going to travel there. If not, I could be wrong, but just knowing human beings is the way that I do. That's kind of what happens here in this uh, society here. Uh, da, 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 da. The Knox County District Attorney's Office declined to file charges against any of the officers involved, saying they acted in self-defense. NBC News reported a 21-year-old man, however, was charged with giving Anthony the gun. The DA's office said Calvin Foster met Anthony at a pawn shop where he picked out a Glock 14-5 9mm handgun that Foster bought for him. According to the lawsuit, an arrangement... An agreement between school officials and the local law enforcement had been put in place to manage precisely the type of tragedy that occurred at the Austin East on April 12th. Attorneys said the principal and law enforcement could have taken steps under that plan to protect Anthony, such as calling his mom to pick him up, talking to law enforcement about how to approach him safely, sending him to talk to his mentor, or utilizing a crisis intervention trained officer. They say Anthony's death has been a profound impact on his sibling and on Galen, all of whom have sought mental health treatment. See, this is what I'm saying right now. All right, so the law enforcement officers, the police officers are not going to be facing nothing. So I can see how the mother's now going to be suing. It gives you grounds for it because if there was already a plan in place of all these steps of how they could have handled it, they didn't follow it. So we know it's going to basically go down. The mom's going to get some money from the county. That's going to happen. It's just tragic that a 17-year-old had to get a gun and walk with it in his into the schoolhouse. I wish that didn't happen, but it did. We can't go back in time to change that. So I want to wish his mother some peace, even though this is not going to be peace for her in a long time. It's going to take her a minute to get that peace. But I just want to wish that to her. I wish I could give some soldering words, some like some helpful words. I can't. Only thing I know is I just wish her love and light. Please get what you can get out of this. I mean, I don't like how he got shot. I don't like how uh, any of this goes down when you read about it. I didn't like it. I didn't like reading it. It was just uh, tragic because a 17-year-old walking into a school with a gun, it doesn't make sense to me. It it will never make sense to me. But again, it happened. So I want to wish the mother uh, my condolences. On to another topic, and this comes from the USA Today. Michigan police release video of fatal shooting of Patrick Leoya at the traffic stop in Grand Rapids. Detroit Grand Rapids police on Wednesday released video footage of showing the fatal shooting of a man who was face down on the ground and shot in the back of the head by an officer. The video, a collection of dash cam footage, body cam footage, and a home security camera and a cell phone video depicts an unnamed police officer on April 4th pulling over Patrick and a passenger for a license plate that doesn't match the car. 
Leoya, a 26-year-old Congolese refugee, gets out of the car. The officer gets out and tells him to get to the back of the car, get back in the car. The officer asks for his driver's license and then proceeds to ask if Leoya speaks English. Leoya appears to run around the car and the officer chases and tackles him to the ground and on the front lawn of a house. They struggle and the officer could be heard telling Leoya to stop and to let go of the taser after a couple minutes. The officer is laying on top of Leoya, who is face down on the ground, still yelling for him to let go of the taser, then proceeds to shoot him. The police officer who shot Leoya on April 4th has not been named. At Wednesday's news conference, city manager Mark Washington said the city is determined to get this right. Our community deserves answers. Hundreds of protesters have since swarmed the streets calling for accountability and justice for Leoya. On Tuesday evening, more than 100 people marched to the city commission's meeting to demand action from city officials, citing a history of police brutality. Public commentators spoke for three and a half hours Tuesday calling for police accountability. Kent County Prosecutor Chris Beckert hasn't brought any charges against the officer who has not been identified. GRPD says the officer is on administrative leave. Becker initially was against the release of the footage, saying it could impede the ongoing Michigan State Police investigation of the shooting. Ben Crump, a civil rights attorney who previously represented the families of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and others, is representing Leota's family. Local pastors Kent County Commissioner Robert Womack and Crump held a forum discussing the shooting on April 10th. Leota's shooting is the latest incident involving GRPD to spark outcry over racial injustice. Okay, here's my thing. If you have some money on the ground and there's still a reason for your taser, you could just easily pull your taser out and just let just tase homeboy. I'm never ever understanding the whole idea of you gotta shoot somebody. I don't understand the reasoning of it. It will Again, I'm not a police officer. Not at all. Not it. I'm not one at all. I'm just gonna let you know that Reading it and then seeing the video itself, it just doesn't seem right because you see everything on camera. They, if they're letting you know that, hey, yeah, we got all these different things right here, and even in the camera right here, you could see that the cop has the taser in his hands. And Leo, yeah, yeah, he grabs it, yeah, cool. You could have still shot him in his foot with a taser. I mean, nobody's gonna run with a taser in their foot, dog, unless you got like superhuman strength with it. It just doesn't make sense to me. They don't give you like the close-ups of him getting shot in the head they don't give you that because that'd be way too graphic however you do hear gun go off you all this stuff is just ah man doesn't make sense you have him you have him on the ground there's no need for you to pull your gun out there's no need for that and also when are the days where you used to see movies and everything else how police officers might get somebody and then the criminal might slip out and just run off you could have just let the man run because the plates don't match the car. Listen, you go end up catching them again. Where? What happened in those days? Literally. Where, yes, you would hear dispatch. You hear the police call for dispatch and all that type of stuff. I have the person on the ground and the person just like happens to run. Those used to be on cops. That used to happen a lot on the cop shows. Whenever you just watch cops and you just see people just running away from the officers and all that type of stuff. It just doesn't make sense that now we're just going to say, you know what? We're not running after them. We're not chasing them. We're just going to shoot them. And we'll just deal with the paperwork later. We'll deal with the public harassment as cops usually do. I don't understand as a civilian where this makes sense that an officer, you can just decide to shoot somebody. Unless you're in a 
like stand off and shoot off with somebody, they're not gonna say, okay, you start shooting. But this is a pedestrian that you guys pulled over because the license plate doesn't match the car. Cool, fine. You have a right, you have a reason to do it. You get out, you see the man fleeing on foot. Get him. That's what you guys do. You have the taser in your hand. You could have shot him in his foot, even as he's holding it and trying to make sure there that you could have still shot him in the foot with the taser. No, you don't do that. You decide to get a gun after he's already on the ground and you decide to shoot him. Doesn't make sense. Not to me. I don't think it makes sense to anybody else. It just doesn't. It doesn't work. But again, this is America. And again, I have no beef with America. I just have beef with how America happens to do its business a lot of the times the way they do their business. And this is happens to be par for the course every single time. And it's always funny. We always get a video of a black guy getting shot or something happens to the black community. Why are the Hispanic ones? Where are the white Americans? I know because white people probably get shot too. Maybe, maybe. But I know if you're a minority, you got to. But there's always a black video, black people getting killed in the streets by officers. This is telling you something. This is putting on the fear and propaganda more of black people supposed to be fearing police officers. And this is just showing it out much more and much more. If we were at least given the public, if the public were given equal uh, looks at how they were treating white people and people from other countries, as in people that hop over the border from Mexico or people that come in from Puerto Rico or, uh, people from the Middle East that come over here and they get stopped by police officers and they all run off and get shot too and that will all video gets showed out to the world then I can say you know what it ain't just us they just do that to all minorities but without that footage ever really coming out it just looks like police have a legit big old target on the black men and women just the black community itself so I'm not sure if this is media games I'm not sure if this is what police officers are really doing out here and how literally 80% of their focus is on us I don't know. It's just real weird to me because I'm just spotting it out more and more out. There's never ever video of police officers shooting white people for nothing. It doesn't. It's never that. It's never none of that. So again, I just got to do what we can do it right here. And it's funny how they never ever name the guy. They just say unidentified police officer. No, you got to release the name. You got to release the name because in every shooting, there's at least a name being brought out so this guy is telling me this is telling me right here you guys really want to protect this one this guy must got some stroke in the office this guy must got some stroke out there for you guys not to throw this man's name out here at all yet i'll be looking at this and keeping my eye on it because personally i want to know the name and then i want to start going on social media to see what type of stuff people could find out about the officer because that's what usually happens once the name gets thrown out guess what people start doing the digging and they start finding out everything about this officer's background, who he was married to, the kids, if he has kids, the his whole uh, police work, what he's done in the past, if he was a nasty officer, what type of complaints he got. I like to see what the internet does with this whenever the name gets popped out. But again, I'll be keeping my eye on this. I want to just wish the, uh, the family of Patrick Leoya some uh, love and light. Again, this is another tragedy that shouldn't have happened. And uh, hopefully you guys get some type of peace. Hopefully the officer's name gets thrown out and we get some type of case for this. But we'll just have to see about that. Now, if you haven't heard, this 
uh, topic happened earlier this week on Tuesday. There was a shooting at New York City subway station. Um, it left 10 people shot, but here's the good part about it. Nobody was shot dead. All the reports were saying that the people that were shot were injured and that they're good. Yes, some of them were critically, but they have since recovered. So nobody died. They were all just injured from the shooting. Uh, they stated that the scene started when the man uh, let off smoke canisters, then proceeded to open fire, shooting multiple people on the subway on the platform. Police would get to the scene and they would recover guns, ammunition, a hatchet, gasoline, a pair of keys to a U-Haul van. That Tuesday, you had people searching for a man named Frank R. James. Uh, he was a 62-year-old man. And Wednesday, they would end up catching the man after he tipped off the police where he would be located. Because there was a $50,000 reward for any information on uh, James' arrest. So Wednesday, James called up and tipped off where he would be located. Uh, this comes from the New York Times. Two law enforcement officers with the knowledge of the investigation said it appeared that Mr. James had called the tip line himself. So the police officers would end up going over there to see where he was at. He was not at that location. People would then try to say that other people gave off uh, information, telling the police officers that, hey, yo, I saw him over there, which led to the arrest of Mr. James. So now there's now been like three people that they're saying that played like a... Uh, a role in the arrest of Mr. James, uh, a Syrian immigrant, a shop owner, and an artist are among the people that are saying that they helped catch James. And the thing is now, they don't know how they're going to give this $50,000 away. They don't know who to give this $50,000 to. Uh, I don't care who you give it to. Split it between the three. I don't care how you do it. If you want to do that, do it that way, fine. But you got to menace off the streets. I don't understand this. You go into a subway station, one, I never drove a subway. Well, never drove a subway, first and foremost, that's one. But two, I've never ridden a subway station. I only went to New York once. Well, not once, technically. Twice. Once was, like, real freely. But the second time, we actually took some time to walk around the Strip and all that type of stuff, around Times Square, whatever, what have you. We did not ride the subway station, thank God. Because uh, I've always seen subway stations, they always seem like they're crowded, they're dirty. I ain't even trying to, nah, nah, fam, I'm good. Uh, <laughs> here's my thing with it. I don't understand how you can go down to a subway station and just start letting off shots. I've seen Times Square. And Times Square is manned up in the morning with police officers. I mean, suited and booted in like SWAT gear. I've seen it with AKs out. I mean, them just ready just for people to try to act stupid. I've seen it. So for this guy to sneak past all that, to get to the subway station and just start lighting it up, throwing some gas, throw some smoke bombs down there and smoke it up and then start shooting up. That's incredibly, that's incredible to me because that seemed like some ash, action movie type stuff to me. It just doesn't seem realistic. You see that in an action movie. You don't ever hear about that in real life. But again, Movies do capture things from real life experiences. So, I mean, art imitates life. And this happens to be what happened here. I just don't understand how somebody can walk in there with guns, ammunition, smoke bomb, and just start doing what they're doing. I'm hoping that we're not going to get like some insanity plea. I'm hoping that they get some background on this guy 
to figure out what could have led him down this path, what made him want to do this. It doesn't, it just doesn't make sense. This guy just wanted to create chaos. He just wanted to do something. It doesn't make sense. I'm glad that he did get the menace off the streets. I'm happy for that. It just doesn't make sense when you really think about it. But again, a lot of people that do a lot of heinous, nasty things, it never makes sense why they do what they do. It just never does. We always try to play the mental game whenever we like, oh, he wasn't all the way there. He has some type of uh, condition or it always leads to that. We always got to give them psych help because we always want to know what would lead somebody down this path for this. But again, I don't know if we'll ever really will get an answer to that whole situation. I just know that, yo, this was nasty. This was disgusting. I'm glad he got this menace off the streets. And for him to call himself in, I don't know if he thought he was supposed to claim that $50,000 himself. I don't know. But hey, police officers got him off the street. Congratulations for them. Congratulations for New York City. New York, please be safe out there. People in New York, please be safe. Because again, you guys have a lot of nutty people out there. They always say if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. I'm hoping that's the case in just entertainment and not in murder and not in like craziness because boy, oh boy, I don't want to see no craziness anywhere I happen to live in the future because this right here, this whole scene, if I ever happen to ride a subway station, I just don't ever want to be around that because I wouldn't know how to act. I probably would try to hide under something as soon as guns start like shooting off. But again, guns do like shoot off bullets pretty quick and bullets travel pretty fast. So I want to know what to do. I'm glad this. What I, I'm trying to say this in a big wrapped up bow here. I'm glad the people that got shot didn't die. They just have an injury. They're wounded. I wish that never happened. But worse things could happen. You could have been dead. I'm glad you're not. And I'm glad the New York got this guy off the street. That's all I was trying to say here. Now, on to Los Angeles Times as it reads: Ed Buck sentenced to 30 years in prison for abuses that led to men's drug deaths. Ed Buck, once a fixture of West Hollywood's political scene, was sentenced Thursday to 30 years in prison for drugs and sex crimes that involve providing lethal doses of methamphetamine to two men. To the outside world, Buck was a champion of causes such as fur bans and AIDS awareness and a donator to Democratic office holders. But behind the walls of his Laurel Avenue apartment was a nightmare. For nearly a decade, the wealthy white buck lured young black men at the lowest points of their lives, homeless, addicted, resorting to substance-level sex work, into what he called party-in-place sessions. A jury convicted buck last year of a host of felonies, including distributing methamphetamine, resulting in death and enticement to cross state lines to engage in prostitution. In the lead-up to Thursday sentencing at federal courthouse in downtown Los Angeles, Buck's lawyers had asked that the 67-year-old receive a sentence that would one day allow him to return to society, while prosecutors urged U.S. District Judge Cynthia A. Snyder to send Buck to prison for the rest of his life. Such a sentence was needed not only to punish Buck, they argue, but to protect the public. If Buck were ever released, they wrote, he would feed his compulsion to inject others until the day he died. See, there you go right there. So I never knew who this guy was. I didn't know none of this until this thing popped onto my side. And I'm like, all right, let me look into it. Yo, this guy, I don't understand this. But again, this is still Hollywood. This is still California. This is still a lot of nastiness. Hollywood's the place where you're supposed to make your dreams come true. It's like the second behind New York City. 
Like, people want to go to New York for certain things. People want to go to California for certain things. That's where all the magic, if you will, happens there. So, I mean, people go there. They try to build out their dreams. And then you happen to meet some nasty individuals. This happened to be one of them. Again, Hollywood just happens to have much more of them. Because they get tagged with the label. Hollywood, Holly Weird, just... The land of myth and make-believe, that's where California and Hollywood is located. It's nothing bad with California, it's just that you guys got a lot of nasty people there. It's not my business to say it, but once it gets popped onto the news, then people are like, see, that's what we were saying. Hollywood, don't go there. And if you do go there, you got to be careful, because of who you meet. And apparently this guy has some good reputation behind his name at a point. He was one of the people that tried to stop fur bans and AIDS awareness and a donor to politicians. I mean... Democratic politicians as well, because every time we hear about Republican Democrat Republican politicians being uh, backed by somebody, we always think Republicans are bad in certain people's eyes. People think Democrats are bad in certain people's eyes. This is just going to further point it out because people are going to now look into who did Ed Buck uh, push and now how much do they know about Ed Buck? Did they know that he was a nasty man? I guarantee you all that's going to be coming into play later in some time because that's what humanity does again. We go into people's uh, background. We start looking at uh, who they were associated with or who they took donations from. And then we try to figure out, do you have the same ideology or our same thinking as this person or whatever the case may be? But this guy, it just, ew. They said that the man uh, Buck filmed some of his stuff. As it reads, Buck filmed many of the episodes and a video played at the trial he gave Stage directions to a masked man who was smoking methamphetamine. Stare directly into the camera. Flare your nostrils. Blow it out slowly. Now, if you add wide open eyes to that, it would be a perfect shot. Apparently, he was helping people out. Not really helping people out, but he was, like, just taping some of his uh situations, too. I mean, dude. This. This. Ill. <laughs> ill, bro. This is wild. This is nasty. This is just straight up just nastiness i hope people if you're in a down spot okay if you're in a down spot please do not please and i mean please keep your eyes open you can be out of your you can be out on your luck literally homeless if somebody decides to take you in always wonder what they want in return literally always wonder it because certain people do that the goodness of their heart certain people don't this guy happened to not do that the goodness of the heart because he wanted something in return and uh, that's just uh, that's just nastiness to me. It's just weird, 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 weird stuff that we're living in in this society. It's just big weird. But to take advantage of somebody at their lowest point, that's just nastiness to me. You know somebody needs help, try to help them to the best of your ability. Don't try to take advantage of them because you know they're at their down point. But again, this is a, this is a human uh, tendency at its finest. Whenever somebody's at their lowest points or low. You would try to uh, take advantage of them, and I'm hoping that people open up their eyes to this and just say, yep, this is not what you want. This is not uh, something that you want to uh, prescribe yourself to. So, again, help people out when you actually want to help them out, and it's within it's the goodness of your heart. Don't try to look for something in return, because if you do that, guess what? You're always going to be disappointed, because you're going to hold that resentment if they do not give you back what you gave to them as in helpfulness. So always do it just for goodness, for goodness sakes, if you will. Now onto another topic. We're now into the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp uh, defamation trial. It began this week. 
this is coming from Yahoo Entertainment. Johnny Depp in Amber Heard's defamation trial is currently underway while the exes have publicly accused each other of abuse during their tumultuous four-year relationship. A jury heard news shocking claims during opening statements on Tuesday. Heard's lawyers alleged she was sexually abused by Depp on more than one occasion. Heard's attorney claimed Johnny Depp penetrated the actress with a liquor bottle during a three-day hostage situation in Australia in March 2015. The actors, who are both in court, have very different accounts of the trip, which ended with Depp severing the tip of his finger while he was filming the fifth Pirates of the Caribbean film. Later, during her opening statement, the lawyer would accuse Depp of sexually assaulting her again in the Bahamas in December 2015. The actress will testify about the verbal, emotional, and physical sexual abuse she alleged allegedly endured during the trial, which is expected to last six weeks. Now, Heard's attorney talked Tuesday, right? Now, when we got to Thursday, it was time for Johnny Depp's lawyers, and Johnny Depp's lawyers presented a pre-recorded video of a deposition to jurors on Thursday taken by Kate James, who worked for Amber Heard, who was Amber Heard's personal assistant for three years between 2012 and 2015. During that time, Kate says she never witnessed Heard and Depp arguing or getting into physical altercations, nor did she notice any evidence of domestic violence during her regular visits to the couple's respective homes. She said Heard did, however, contact her in distress after arriving back to their home in Los Angeles after a private flight with Depp in May 2014. Heard alleged in court filings that Depp kicked her and threw objects at her on the flight because she because he was upset about a romantic scene she was filming the day prior with James Franco. But Kate expressed some disbelief in her story, commenting that she found her behavior strange that day. Kate said the first thing that flagged in her mind was the fact that Heard went to the Chateau Marriott or Chateau Mermont Hotel after arriving in Los Angeles instead of her own home in West Hollywood. Kate said Heard then spent the day drinking by the pool surrounded by her friends. They then went on to proceed calling her the boss from hell. Kate, who says she had 10 years of experience by the time Heard hired her, painted the actress as a bad boss. She says she initially took the position for $25 per hour because the schedule was flexible enough for her to be able to pick up her son after school. But after six months into the job, Kate said it became a full-time position. She says Heard screamed at her when she pushed back against the $50,000 salary Heard offered, which she said was about half of what she usually makes. She leaped out of her chair and put her face approximately four inches from my face, spitting in my face. How dare I ask for the salary I'm asking for, Kate recalled. Kate said a handyman witnessed the exchange and was mortified and so embarrassed to hear Heard speak to her like that. Kate said the salary offer was very insulting, but she decided to take it anyway because she had grandfathered in the ability to pick up her son from school and bring him to work with her in the afternoon. Kate's work for her overlaps with the period in which Heard alleged in her countersuit that Depp abused her on numerous occasions. According to Heard, Depp abused drugs and alcohol and often worked himself up into episodes of violence in which he physically assaulted her. In the views of Kate, 
Heard flew into irrational rages on numerous occasions. She described one incident when Heard yelled at her for leaving some magazines out in the house that were supposed to be stored in the garage. When Heard found the magazines lying out, she went absolutely ballistic. Kate testified. Kate couldn't recall exactly what Heard said, but said Heard went into a blind rage, screaming, yelling, abuse. So that tells you how the ex uh ex uh public personal assistant viewed her right there and how she's trying to paint uh Amber Heard right there in front of the world's eye right there. We will then get Johnny Depp's attorneys uh playing a pre-recorded deposition in court of Johnny Depp's doctor who provided 24/7 private treatment for substance abuse. The doctor's name is Dr. David Kuiper. He is a private addiction specialist who offers personalized services and travels around the world with Johnny Depp whenever Johnny Depp was detoxing from alcohol, opioids, and cocaine and any other things that he was on. Kuiper told the court Depp struggled during detox and would get angry with him for insinuating that he take his medication. He claimed Depp fired him several times but would eventually return to treatment. Kuiper said his nurse reportedly found Depp with scrapes and bloody knuckles after punching a wall during a fight with Heard on Depp's island in the Bahamas. The nurse also reported a frustrated Depp kicked in the door of a trailer on the movie set. At one point during a visit to Australia, Depp told Kuiper he lost a bit of his finger after a violent fight with Heard. Kuiper described the incident from March 2015, explaining that Depp texted him to say the tip of his finger had been severed. Kuiper said he made a house call to check on Depp, who was coherent, but the house was a mess and there appeared to be blood on the wall. Kuiper said Depp sent him a text saying that he cut off his own finger while fighting with his wife. I cannot live like this. She's as full of crap as a Christmas goose, Kuiper said. Depp wrote in a text message, I cut the tip of my middle finger off. Kuiper said he also received a text from Depp saying Heard really wasn't into her husband. She is so desperate for success and fame, Depp, Depp texted him. That is probably why I was acquired. Also, Thursday, the court heard from the couple's therapist who said there was mutual abuse in the relationship during a videotaped deposition from February. Dr. Laurel Anderson detailed Depp in her therapy sessions between 2015 and 2016. She said the two sought her out for personal and couple sessions that sometimes led to either Depp or her walking out. During a December 2015 phone call with Anderson, Heard told the therapist she slapped Depp while he was sitting incoherent. Anderson recalled she initiated that one because I think she felt demeaned and threatened, Anderson stated. Anderson described Depp as a good communicator and said he was forthcoming when given space to speak without interruption. Depp spoke to Anderson about a fight the couple had on Heard's 30th birthday. Anderson said Depp talked about how chaotic it was, how violent it was, and she Gave as good as she got. One of Johnny Depp's friends, Gina Deuters, was also called to the stand. She testified in person Thursday for about 20 minutes before the judge dismissed her and struck her testimony from the record after she admitted she watched clips of the trial online. Depp's attorneys claimed they weren't aware she violated the court's rules before calling her as a witness. See, so right now, this thing is going to go on. This thing's supposed to be last for about a month and two weeks. 
I'm going to be keeping my eye on this. Right now, we only got week one out of the way. So right now, it doesn't set a good precedent for Amber Heard, and it doesn't set a good precedent for Johnny Depp either way, neither, because whenever we hear about a man violating a woman with any type of object, that just seems wrong. Like a liquor bottle inserted inside a woman, that just seems really awkward, especially she don't say that in court. That says that paints us, that paints you in like a real nasty, like, like people gonna think that you did a real menacing and real like nasty for one and if you did do that and if you didn't that was just a horrible thing to say and hey man that's just the game's the game you guys know exactly what type of games you're playing when you're in hollywood especially with things like this and johnny dubs people made sure to make sure that amber heard didn't look like a perfect angel herself yelling at one of her uh personal assistants uh, Johnny Depp's doctor and one of having one of his nurse come to the house saying it was a mess and uh, Johnny Depp texting the doctor saying that she was a guy with him before fame and limelight and all this type of stuff. It, it just doesn't seem right. And also you get the therapist saying that both of them were contributing to mutual abuse. I believe that's the only one that probably kept it real with anything. I think the doctor probably kept it real a little bit, but you know where his bread is buttered. He gets paid by Johnny Depp. I want to go more with the therapist side. If she said that Johnny Depp was able to talk whenever he was given the space to, so that tells you that Amber Heard was always trying to overtalk him, just be the dominant one in that relationship. So you could kind of tell where this was headed to a degree. So again, I don't want to put nothing out there. I'm just going off what the therapist said. And for that, I'm taking real seriously. So again, I hope people would just watch this thing. Don't take any size, but you're going to take size anyway. But just keep an open mind as this whole thing is going. And as this thing is going, just look at it and then just start piecing the puzzle together for yourself and say, okay, was she lying or was Johnny Depp lying? Who was lying about whatever the case may be? I do wish Depp had not lost a lot of his money because I'm not going to front with you. He lost a lot of business opportunities, a lot of being in films and everything else by this situation with Amber Heard. And Amber Heard still in like, Aquaman while homeboy in the flash uh Ezra Miller he just got dropped from it because he stalked a couple in Hawaii and he got a restraining order against him and he also was arrested so I mean he got dropped but Amber Heard and all her stuff that she's done to Johnny Depp and even the recordings that came out she still kept her job it's still crazy to me how Warner Brothers decided that but hey man Warner Brother do what they got to do. I just know that people are going to be having a whole lot of backlash to this Aquaman movie when it decides to come out. I just know what's going to happen. But again, I'm going to keep uh, my personal opinions out of it. Besides that, about how Amber Heard is still working on the Aquaman project. It's still crazy to me. But other than that, with the whole marriage thing between uh, Amber Heard and Johnny Depp, those two know the truth. And as more of knowledge and more information comes out week by week, we're going to slowly start knowing more and more about what happened inside their relationship, inside their marriage at the time, but I will be keeping a close eye on that. Now on to the next thing I want to talk about here, and this one coming from NBC News. Woman pleads guilty to hate crime after wrongly accusing black teen of stealing her phone. The California woman dubbed Soho Karen after she wrongfully accused a black teenager of stealing her cell phone in New York City has pleaded guilty to a hate crime charge, officials said Monday. Maya Pacinto, 23, has admitted to unlawful imprisonment as a hate crime, but can plead again and have the charge reduced to misdemeanor aggravated harassment 
if she steers clear of any troubles for two years, Manhattan prosecutors said. Uh, remember the viral video that came out like in 2020? It was a woman going after a black teenager because she thought that he had his her phone, in which ultimately turned out it was that he never had her phone. She tried to grab him. She yanked him up and all this type of stuff. The father had to step in and all this type of thing. Now she's pleaded not guilty. The only thing is now she has to not be in trouble for two years. She has to go to therapy and all this type of stuff, and she's not going to be going to jail. That's the only kind of penalty that she got. Okay, cool. Again, I don't like it. She, I, and Here's my thing. Here's my thing with this. Do I think that she should be going to jail for this? No. Do I think she should be doing some community service? Yes. And this tells you how bad people got it for cell phones. People will literally yoke up somebody thinking that they got their cell phone and all this type of stuff. Even a 14-year-old and you were, what, 21 or something at the time? Because this happened in 2020. I mean, come on. He was then 14, so probably not probably like 16. But so if he was 14, then you were probably like 21. You yoked up the kid over a cell phone? Come on, dog. This tells you how much cell phones and technology has yoked up and got us all by our necks and that if we misplace it somewhere and you think somebody got it, you're going to try to just go crazy bat for your phone because that's personal information in it and all that type of stuff. I understand that. Trust me, I do. But I'm just saying that it's just crazy how we are all uh, so like locked in on our phones. But again, that's what human technology does. We're supposed to be locked in on a lot of things. She's getting two years of probation and go to uh, do therapy. I hope she stays clear. I'm glad that she got something instead of absolutely nothing. This ain't like calling like a false charge on somebody saying that he was threatening me and all this type of stuff. There ain't none of that. So I'm not saying she should go to jails. I just wish they would have tacked on community service to that sentence. And then that just would have made it uh, everything better for me. But again, she got therapy and also two years of probation don't do anything stupid because if you do i think that she's going to serve some jail time but i hope she does well i hope she all is good that's it now here's a topic that i think every young man needs to learn and needs to listen to if you are the age of 16 17 18 and upwards into your early 20s i think you need to listen to what i'm about to tell you because this is a topic that i think we all as men need to uh be aware of especially for ourselves um, I'm about to give you the topic right now, and this comes from Atlanta Blackstar. Somebody take his phone. Solange's son, Jules, denies rumors he's going to be a father after messages with OnlyFans personality leak online. Now, I'm not going to give you, I'm going to give you just basically everything, run it off to you quickly. Uh, Jules Smith Jr., who is Solange Knowles, the sister of Beyonce's uh, son, he got trending on Twitter because there were some screenshots of a text message thread that he had with a woman from OnlyFans. Her name is Adore. And in the text thread that they have with each other, Adore tells him, I can't wait for us to have a child. Uh, Jules says, I want one so bad. Adore texts back, let's have one. He says, give me 10 months or so. Adore would go to inform Jules that if they were to have unprotected sex, she would not entertain the idea of abortion or take the plan B pill. Instead, she would just willingly to just pray, do it and pray about it. Messages would come out later and planned that the two did meet up and 
to homeboy surprise, Adora stood firm in her stance, risking the unattended pregnancy. Because as soon as she texts, just do it and pray. He texts, you crazy? You sure? She said, yes, I am sure. He said, you know you're going to end up pregnant. So they continued. More texts will come out. He ends up texting her, nigga, my mom didn't have eyes on her at that age. I do. And okay, Adore. She ends up texting him, okay, who will know? He ends up texting her back. That makes you so much less attractive, basically telling her that she didn't take the plan B pill. So now that makes her less attractive in his eyes. And he's saying that my family would know that you're pregnant. Uh, she ends up texting him back. A girl trusting you enough to have sex with you and you uh, ejaculate in them makes them unattractive. The text will continue to go on and on. Apparently, there will be some type of thing saying that she makes over some odd amount of money a month saying that she doesn't want no money from him and that he's not going to get away with hurting her and several other girls and all this type of stuff. The point being is this, gentlemen, this whole encounter was messy, and my man knew that. She told him point blank that she's not going to take a plan B pill or anything if she happens to get pregnant or if they happen to do something. He knew this off rip, and my man still decided to go and, well, have adult fun with her. See, that's the thing that men, we have to understand. And women too. And this is what counters the women as well. If a man tells you that, yo, I'm not going to have a condom on and we're going to have unprotected sex, you can't try to say, no, you're going to put a condom. If he's telling you, no, he's not doing it, and you guys end up fooling around, and then you ask, where, where was the condom? And he told you, no, I told you I wasn't going to wear one. That's on you. Now, guys, if she tells you that if she's going to get pregnant with your child and you and her happen to have this interaction, you guys do what you do, and then she tells you that, you know, I'm not taking a plan B, I'm not getting an abortion, that's on you, bruv, because you knew that before you stepped your foot onto the ball game. You knew that before you stepped your foot onto the field, if you will. You knew this before you played. That's, that's my whole thing here. He knew this, and now... You can't call her less attractive because now you want her to do what you want her to do. No, no, no. That's not how the world works, my guy. You, sir, you knew the dangers. You knew the risk. And you still decided to play football, baseball, touch, feel, or as people would say, bed wrestling with each other. That's what you decided to do in that instance. You got to man up and take accountability for this. You can't just start going wild off and saying you unattractive in my eyes now. You're saying this out of hurt and out of fear because you don't want to be a father at the time. And even though you text her, give me 10 more months. Hey, man, you still played in that field, brother. You still played in that field. So that's all on you, my guy. So, gentlemen, if a woman tells you up front they're not going to get a plan B, they're not taking none of that, they're not going to get an abortion, you know what's up. Don't do it. Or you just might say, hey, you know what? Maybe she's worth it. Maybe I maybe I'm up to being a father at that time. That's all on you at that point in that specific timing. But you can't blame the chick for telling you up front what's going to happen if that happens to happen. Same thing with you, women. If a dude tells you he is not doing this or he's not doing that, and you expect it out of that after something happens, no. If he told you up front, guess what? That's up front. That's all on you. Okay. So please. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, teenagers, whoever you are listening to this, if you somebody tells you what's going to happen, believe it. And if you are up to it, do it. But don't make, don't cry after the fact. That's what I'm basically trying to get out of here. Don't cry after the fact after you've done what you've done. 
you knew the consequences, you knew what was going to happen before you even did it, and you still did it anyway, and now you're trying to cry about it. I can't feel no sympathy for the kid if she gets pregnant. Now, there's always a possibility that she doesn't or she isn't, and she just leaked these text messages for the world to see what type of dude he was. One, I don't like that. Now, that's one thing I don't like. Now, you could have tried to send out a different direction for this. That's one thing I don't like, sending out like personal things on text messages online. This is a thing between you and him. You could have somehow gotten a, a hold of his mother if you felt like it. Trust me, you could, but now you got the whole world talking about this, and I guarantee you he got berated by his mom this week. I guarantee you because his mom got told by somebody, for either from a friend or from uh, somebody in the Knowles camp, contacted Solange, or even Solange probably got told by Beyonce if she, this even graced Beyonce's ears. I'm just telling you, Solange knows about it, so I guarantee you, homeboy Jules, he had a rough week this week getting that ear bitten off by his mom for this, calling him stupid and all that. Trust me, I know how black mamas work. If you do something stupid, boy, you're going to get called stupid. That's just a fact. And I think that's not just with black mothers, I think that's with any mothers too. If they think that you did something stupid, you're going to get called stupid. That's just purely what it is. But he had a rough week, rough go at it. Homeboy, talk to her, see what's up, see if she's pregnant or not, to have her take a pregnancy test. If not, you dodge a bullet. And if so, boy, deal with the consequences. If she's pregnant, hey man, get a DNA test. Because again, I don't care who you are as a man, I always, always authorize getting a DNA test. Because you don't know the child might be yours, might be hers. A wife or a girl or a woman will always know the child's hers because the child's coming out of her. A man, we don't never know because guess what? We're not carrying a child. We only play in the field and we only wish for the best for the best. Whenever you want the child to be yours or you don't want the child to be yours, that's all you can do. You just pray and wish. That's literally the truth. So if the child, if she is pregnant, get a DNA test. And if she's not, A, Count your stars because you already said you're not ready to be a father. Count your stars for that and also be smarter. If a girl's telling you that she's not going to keep going to take a plan B, don't mess with it. Don't play in that field. Just walk away for the love of God. Ladies and gentlemen, that has been your uh, word of wisdom for this week. Please don't do what Jules did. Do the opposite. If somebody tells you who they are, Believe them and do not play in that field unless you are really ready to play in that field and just ready to see what's going to happen. Now, for the last topic of the day, this is coming from Coindesk. Jack Dorsey's first tweet, NFT, went on sale for $48 million. It ended up with a top bid of just $280. A non-fungible token, NFT, of Twitter founder Jack Dorsey's first ever tweet could sell for just under $280. The current owner of the NFT listed it for $48 million last week. The Iranian-born crypto entrepreneur who purchased the NFT for $2.9 million in March 2021 last Thursday announced on Twitter that he wished to sell the NFT and pledge 50% of its proceedings, which he thought which would exceed $25 million to charity. The auction closed Wednesday with just seven total offerings from 0.09 ETH, which is $277 at current prices, to 0.0019 ETH, almost $6. The deadline I set was over, but if I get a good offer, I might accept it. I might never sell it, the entrepreneur told Coindesk via a WhatsApp message on Wednesday. 
See, here's my thing with NFTs. This is here right here telling you exactly what it is. You want to know what Jack Dorsey's first tweet was? Just setting up my Twitter. So you mean to tell me somebody bought that NFT, that picture, that JPEG, if you will, for <laughs> 2.9 million last year in March. And now you want to try to sell that for $48 million. What is wrong with you? Nobody wants a Twitter uh, tweet that just says, I just set up my Twitter from the guy who built Twitter. That's not historic. That is not historic at all. What, what if anything, you should buy from an NFT, if I'm going to buy any type of NFT, it's some type of fantastic style painting, if I was going to do it. I mean, painting and art is what you buy NFTs for. NFTs are just nothing but photos that you are buying and purchasing online. That's exactly what you're buying. A tweet is not something that you should be purchasing at all. I'm just going to be blunt with you. You don't ever buy a tweet. You should buy photos. That's what you buy NFTs for. It's just basically virtual art that you now own. And if anybody tries to use that art anywhere online, you can tell them, hey, yo, take that down. Or they have to pay you something because you own that because now you own that in the virtual digital world. That's basically what an NFT encompasses in that situation. So for me, that tweet is not important. That tweet was worthless. You spent $2.9 million on a tweet that is worthless. Seriously, you just had money to spend and you just thought that was worth something. That's not going to be worth diddle in the future. That tweet is literally worth nothing. The highest bid was $277, while the lowest bid was $6. Well, sorry, almost $6. So that tells you exactly what everybody thinks about this tweet. It's not worth nothing. And hopefully homeboy can at least take this on the chin, learn from it, and know that, hey, yo, I got to buy things that are actually worth something, actually cool art designs online that I find cool. And if somebody else tries to use it, I can get money off of it. But yeah, take it on the chin, bud. You wasted money. You wasted $2.9 million that you could have did with something else. And you thought you were going to get $48 million. Yeah, you should have invested that in Bitcoin something. Even, you know what? Before I get you guys out of here, I just want to say this. NFTs and Bitcoins are two of the most uh, infuriating things. NFTs are trying to get out here with the whole photo deal. I bought this, so if you try to use this, this you have to pay me. Nah, dog, that's never happening. Nobody's ever doing that because there's too many photos out here in this world. If So if you happen to use this one and you say you purchased it, all right, fine, I'll just use something else or I'll make my own photo. Dude, there's too many creative things you can do out here with NFT. So let me just stop that right there. So if you're going to get an NFT, look for something really, really creative and look for something really, really unique that everybody collectively, when they see it, they be like, oh my God, I wish I had that. Okay, that's one. Bitcoin, that thing fluctuates up and down like the stock market. So you're really playing digital stock market right there with Bitcoin. And I'm never playing that game. And if I do, I have to really play that game with a person that knows what they're doing. And I think everybody needs to know that as well. If you're going to play Wall Street, if you're going to play Bitcoin, please get in contact with somebody that knows what they're doing, that has some experience in the Bitcoin realm and experience in the Wall Street realm that tells you, okay, you need to invest in this, put a little bit here, a little bit there, so your revenue can go up and your Prices can go up, so whenever it hits a point that you're willing to sell it off, you can sell it off and make a nice pretty penny back. 
that's all Wall Street and that's all Bitcoin is. Bitcoin is literally digital Wall Street. That's all that is. So anybody that happens to deal in Wall Street, Bitcoin, and NFTs, I wish you guys all well. Please, seriously, I do because you guys are always taking a gamble and always playing Jeopardy with that. I hope you guys win well. And if you don't, just take it on the chin and just continue on rolling and take that as a learning experience. Now, with that all being said, let me get you guys out of here. Let me give you guys my social media links where you, you can rech me at. On Twitter, you can find me at, at My2Podcast. Instagram, My2CentsPodcast, G2. And my email, my email is My2CentsPod at Yahoo.com. My email is always open for anybody that wants to talk to me about anything, whether it's business opportunities, whether it's uh, just want to talk to me about I missed something on a topic or I got something incorrect, I'm willing to always... Uh, listen to it and always seek out knowledge for that and also if you just want to talk to me about anything because remember I am a man of the people and I just want to have interactions with individuals you can always email me there and trust me your conversation will always stay confidential between me and you never ever will leak out because I want everybody to know that you are worthy you are worth something you are you are valued and I don't want nobody to ever think that they're not. So if you need to talk to anybody, my email is always open. Okay. I want to thank Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbeam, Amazon Music, and Audible for allowing me to continue to rock out and do what I do, say what I say. I want to thank you all for uh, listening to the podcast from one of these stations. It does show up on my numbers. I do pay attention to it. And I wanted to talk to Apple for a minute. Apple, if you could please stop hiding my numbers from me. You are hiding my numbers from me because I started to now look at where in the states I can see exactly who's downloading it from. You're hiding my numbers, bruv. I see that. So I'm telling you right now, stop hiding it, okay? I still appreciate you for allowing me to do what I'm doing, but stop hiding my numbers. You now affected that in April. Don't do that. Let me see what states are downloading it, and that would be greatly appreciated. Thank you. Now, always remember. I love you all. I thank you all. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I want to thank you for downloading it. I really do appreciate it. The downloads are really, really uh heartwarming to me because again i'm a small guy from a small town doing this just throwing out my opinions to the world and just hopefully helping you guys uh get along with the world and just be this little void that can uh entertain you or just inform you with certain things as life is going on for you as it is for me now with that all being said this isn't goodbye this is until you hear from the sweet sounding voice again this has been my two cents podcast presented by g2 he's i and i am him i hope you guys have a great sunday have a great uh easter and a great rest of your week i love you i thank you and kanye if you could please take these people home i'm tired you tired uh-huh. jesus wept uh-huh.